I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Yeah. Yeah. Hi. Hi. So, um, I know we have a lot to talk about in this episode. Uh, A lot happened in the U.S. this week uh, that we need to discuss, but we did get a message earlier today from a listener on Instagram, and she gave us a suggestion of something that we should talk about. So I just want to touch on it very quickly. Okay. This happened two weeks ago, so it is old news. I wish we had touched on it when it happened. Yeah. I'm sure that it just got buried (laughs) in other things uh, at the time. But there was a shooting in Germany a couple of weeks ago, and 10 people were killed Um, by a 43-year-old far-right extremist. And I do think that this is something that is important to talk about. He went into a bunch of bars that are called, I think, shisha bars, uh, which are kind of like hookah bars, essentially. Yeah, shisha. That's like the hookah stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's basically the same thing, mm-hmm. but there's a large Muslim population there, a large Turkish population. Yeah. There were quite a few Turkish fatalities. A lot of uh, people from Turkey died in this terror attack. Oh, no. And he had, like, released a manifesto a couple of days before he had released a video where he kind of espoused a lot of very far-right views and anti-immigrant views. Yeah. And I guess this is... And a- is he German? He is German. This guy? Okay. Yes, he is German. And I guess there is this this kind of rising xenophobia that's happening in Germany right yeah. now. Yeah. I mean there's we've discussed things going on in Germany a couple of times with some like modern anti Semitism and things like that. 
Yeah, and I guess it's gotten somewhat worse because in 2015, Germany opened its borders to an estimated 1.5 million refugees from the Middle East. Mm -hmm. And so there are a lot of people in Germany, these kind of, like, um, nationalists, they have this very, like, nationalistic view of Germany. Yeah. And Well, I mean... That goes back historically so right. long. Yeah. Right. And particularly East Germany. Yeah. This is a big problem. So I guess Hanau is near Frankfurt, which I'm guessing is on the East side of Germany. I believe so. Uh, but so this kind of like anti-immigrant sentiment has been growing there. Yeah. And um, Angela Merkel has addressed it. Uh And anyway, I I know it's old news, and so I don't want to, like, focus on it for too long, but I did want to touch on it because I think it's something that's worth discussing. Because while there have been um, anti-Semitic terror attacks that have been happening in Germany, and that's on the rise globally, I also want to point out that, like, that stuff is illegal. A lot of that stuff to do with um, anti-Semitism in Germany because of their history. Uh, And... While, of course, this stuff is also illegal, it's just, it's, it's different. It's you a know? little bit less cut and dry, probably, because it's not something that... It's not so that, deeply not, ingrained in their history. Right, that's just going right. to say, historically, it's not something that happens there as right. often. Right, and so they're looking at it from a different perspective. And I read, I started reading a Guardian article. Seriously, I read this suggestion, like, maybe an hour before you came over. <laughs> uh, so I've, I've been spending some time reading. But I started reading a Guardian article by a... Muslim German man. Okay. And he was discussing how, as in the United States, if the victims are brown, it's it invokes a different kind of like response. response. Yeah. And whenever the victims are Jewish in Germany, because of their history, because they're so sensitive to it, there is a different kind of outcry. So it's not like something that needs to be compared as, like, one is worse than the other or, like, anything yeah. like that. But it is something interesting to point out. Well, it, yeah, it's to point out exactly what happens in the U.S. as well, is that, it, you know, depending on who the victim is, you're going to have the media response is going to be very different. Right. And so at least just saying, hey, this is just as important as this, we just don't have as big of a history of this happening, but it still matters. Right, and it's on the rise, and you guys need to pay attention to it, which I think these instances of violence against, like, Muslim and brown populations in Mm -hmm. Germany are on the rise. We just need to be very aware of it. Um, I think that's totally true. Yeah. So, okay, let's get into it. Oh, my gosh, Keegan. Okay, how are you feeling? Let's start with just our feelings. How are you feeling after Um, Super Tuesday? Oh, you were pretty mad the day of lots of angry texts from Keegan and from my boyfriend that day. Not feeling great, to be honest. Yeah, really not feeling super great. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we're going to we're going to talk about it. We're going to I definitely have some pros and cons right now. There's definitely some mixed feelings that I have. But yeah, let's. Uh, let's well, start out with. Do you want to start with just the results well, and then go from let's there? Let's start before that because okay. there's a little bit of like pre information. Yeah. So uh, after the South Carolina primary, mm-hmm. which Biden swept, yeah, uh, I do think that he was predicted to win that, but yeah. he won by an enormous margin, yeah, which I don't think people were expecting. So he won by something like 49%. He hasn't been doing that well. He has not been doing well. And in fact, just like a week and a half ago, everybody had pretty much written him out yeah. of the race. Which is why I was I was more worried about Bloomberg than I was worried about Biden in this primary. Y- yeah. I mean, Biden has not performed well in debates, but he swept South Carolina because he does still have that 
black vote, which let me tell you, as a black person, also I've seen a lot of white Biden supporters really like clinging to that, like, oh, we have to vote like the women of color, right? And I'm just kind of like, I get what you're saying, but also Biden's track record just because he was Obama's VP. I was just going to say, he was Obama's VP. Right, which is as far as a lot of people think, because they're yeah. not politically engaged. Yeah. So they don't understand that, like, a lot of his track record as far as, like, he was, like, pro-segregation for yeah. quite a while. Like, yeah. there's there's stuff there that is not great. Yeah. However, um, he's tied to Barack Obama, so the black vote, he really did have it in yeah. South Carolina. So he swept that, and then right after that, like, the next day, Mayor Pete drops out. Yep. And I texted you, and I was like, Pete dropped out. I know. Well, like, literally, wasn't it just, like, the night before or that morning he was talking about, you know, his game plan and his next steps, and then it was, like, three hours later, it's like, I'm done. I think it was the night before, because I think he literally dropped out the day after the South Carolina primary. Yeah. And so I don't think he did so well in South Carolina, which no one expected him to because among black voters, he doesn't poll well. Yeah, exactly. I didn't think that was going to be a surprise to him. Well, I don't think it was. Okay, I have a theory about all this, but we'll get to it. So so he drops out. Yes. And you're right. I'm pretty sure the night before, he had, when he didn't do well in South Carolina, he was giving a speech and was like, we're going to pick ourselves up or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. And then the day after that, Amy Klobuchar... Mm-hmm. backs out, then she pretty much immediately supports Biden. Mm-hmm. She's like, I am going to put my backing behind Joe Biden, endorse him. And then immediately after that, Buttigieg also endorses Biden. Yes. So, so my belief that- is that the Democratic Party went to Klobuchar, went to Buttigieg, Buttigieg after Biden's victory in South Carolina, and they were like, listen... Bernie is getting too hot, okay? He's got too much momentum. We're splitting the moderate vote by having all of these moderates in the race. We need you guys to drop out and endorse Biden so that before Super Tuesday, everybody can unite behind Biden and get him all of those delegates. Sneaky fucking bastards. I I truly believe that that is what happened. I think um, that makes total sense. Because they were so quick to endorse Biden. Like, yeah, they, especially surprisingly, when he really hasn't been doing very well for them to automatically be, like, right, but I very think they, pro-Biden. They saw Bloomberg wasn't going to be it. Like, people were not liking him in debates. Um, so I was very impressed by certain people in my life that I found out voted for mm-hmm. Bloomberg. I was like, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well. Well. Anyway. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. But yeah, so I think that that is what happened. So then Super Tuesday came along. I went to vote before work, have never had a problem voting. I was in line for an hour and a half. Yeah. By the time I got there, they were out of I voted stickers. My friend Sheila waited three hours. Yeah, and... I waited a half an hour. It wasn't that bad. Well, I think this is a totally L.A. conversation, so if you're not from L.A., you can skip ahead 30 seconds. But I think in L.A., they were doing this new thing where you could go to any voting center in yeah, L.A., which on the face of it is great, but in oh, practice... I had, no, I had no problem with it. They put my name in and done. Right, but on the in practice, you had no problem with it because you went to one of the voting centers that a lot of people didn't go to. Whereas, like, a lot of other people, I think, were just like, well, I'm just going to go to this one. And yeah. then it ended up, like, the one that I went to, that's what they said. They were like, we're out of stickers because we had triple the number of people at this location. So if, when I got so there... So it's, it's overpopulating certain locations. Right, whereas before, yeah. if you had to go to a certain voting center, it was like... 
you knew how many people were expected there. Yeah. Um, but whatever. I was happy to do it. Like, totally happy to wait as long as it took for me to be able to vote. Yeah. Not an issue. Um, I voted. I voted for Warren. Felt good about myself. I had a bit <laughs> Went of, to work. I had a bit of a crisis that morning because I've been saying for weeks that I want to vote for Bernie. Bernie's my guy. I was very much like, you know, and you know I've been a really big fan of Elizabeth Warren as well. Mm-hmm. So on the morning of, I had a bit of a crisis where I'm like, should I vote for Elizabeth Warren? Like, I suddenly just had this feeling where I was like, I stuck with my guns and I voted for Bernie. But I had this weird, like, I, pull in my brain where I was just, I wanted, like, I was trying to just really vote with my heart. Because you were saying, like, right. now's the time to just vote right. with, for who mm-hmm. you really want. And it was really hard because I, I love both of them so much that it was really hard for me to make that right. final decision to be like, I understand completely. Like, to yeah. me, like, to me, I feel like Warren was the smartest choice. Yeah. Like, I read this really funny thing. I wonder if I can find it because you will, you will get a kick out of it. I saved it yesterday, I think. Yeah. Elizabeth Warren is a Ravenclaw. I think all presidents should be Ravenclaws. They are smart, thoughtful, tempered, and strategic. Gryffindors are great, but they're very impulsive, and they start just as much trouble as they fix. Bernie is a Gryffindor. Bernie will win this election because he's a Gryffindor, and everyone loves Gryffindors. (laughs) They're charismatic, courageous, and they inspire us to be more audacious versions of ourselves. Gryffindors also always seem to save the day in the end. So while I'm still rooting for Warren, I also am ready and excited for Bernie to take it all the way. I'm worried, this is from way before, I'm worried Pete is a Slytherin. That doesn't <laughs> that doesn't mean he's evil, but it means he's much more manipulative and power-driven than the others. If it's Pete, I'll campaign for him with zeal, but I'm hoping it isn't. Tom Steyer is a Hufflepuff. I don't want him to be president, but I love how fucking nice he is. I'm a Hufflepuff. <laughs> Joe Biden is a muggle. Of course. Of course he is. What's Bloomberg? They didn't have it. Oh. I think it was from before. I love that like classification of each candidate because I think it's 100% spot on. I, I, I think it's 100% spot and, on. And that is, that's how I feel about, about Elizabeth Warren. I'm like, I'm a yeah. Gryffindor. Okay. Proud Gryffindor. But I'm like... Yeah, like Ravenclaws are measured. I, I see you like, as being a Ravenclaw way see, more than a Gryffindor. So did I. So did I, Madigan. I had a full on quarter life crisis whenever <laughs> I like came when to you the got realization. I did Pottermore, and then I did another quiz that was, like, Pottermore with all the extra questions, and that one broke it down by percentage, and I'm literally 49% Ravenclaw, 51% Gryffindor. Wow, only two? It was basically, like, you're Hermione. Like, you could have been in either house, but because, like, you're so justice-oriented, you're, like, in Gryffindor. So I'm like, okay, I I would like to take it again... Now that I'm a bit older. I took it when I was 19. Yeah. But I think I'm a Hufflepuff You're, still. You feel like a puff to me. I'm, I'm a yeah. puff gal. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Okay. And puffs are great. Anyway, we took a total turn. We took a turn, but but it all makes sense but, in the but, end. Yeah. I mean, I don't think... The issue became, for me, like, I was always going to vote with my heart with yeah. Lauren. And also, we have a luxury in California, California. to kind of be able to do that. Because I knew... I had a feeling Biden would take California. Uh, Biden, sorry. Bernie would take California. I was going to say, why? No, I had a feeling Bernie would take California. Which is good because California does have a lot of delegates. It's California and then Texas, and Texas hasn't voted yet. They have. I thought they hadn't. No, they haven't. No, Biden won Texas? Yes. Of course he did. So, yeah, I, I had this, like... But I also understood why people were... 
frustrated because all of these moderates dropped out. Yeah. And put their backing behind Biden, which right. which kept the vote more intact. Right. Whereas having Warren and Bernie, you had two progressives with kind of similar platforms. Or, yeah. Yeah, progressives with similar platforms going up against each other. And that split the vote in a lot of people's minds. It did, but also I was very shocked with how Warren ended up. Can I read the final results? Please. So Biden is ahead, and he's got... 4,590,535 total votes, and Sanders is at his heels with 3,767,872 votes. Yes. And then uh, Warren got just below $1,700,000 votes, and Bloomberg had just above that. And I was really shocked because I was watching the updates as the day went on 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 Tuesday mm-hmm. and I was really expecting Warren, Warren to do better to do so, did so I. much better so I was I. shocked it's incredibly disheartening I do want to point it is I, do, I was so shocked yeah I do want to point out though that Bloomberg may have gotten more votes but he did not get more delegates Mm-mm. so Warren was still ahead of him delegate wise so yeah. the total number of delegates Biden currently has 566 Sanders mm-hmm. has 495 Warren had 41 Bloomberg had Uh, 23. So the states that voted on Super Tuesday were Alabama, Arkansas, uh, Maine, Massachusetts, Minnesota, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas, Vermont, Colorado, Utah, uh, Virginia, and... Did you say Idaho? California. No. Okay, because Idaho didn't vote. No. That's what I was wondering about. My mom had a a panic on Tuesday. (laughs) Like, am I supposed to be voting today? No. Okay. So Sanders was projected to win a lot of those states. He was projected to win Massachusetts. He was projected to win Texas, which if he had won Texas, even with with Biden having won so many other states, because Texas and California have so many delegates, Mm -hmm. he probably would have come out with more delegates. But Biden actually ended up winning Texas. So Biden won Alabama, Arkansas, Maine, Massachusetts, Minnesota, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas, and Virginia, and Sanders won Colorado, Utah, Vermont, and California. The votes are still being counted for California. Yeah, because California was pretty crazy. So uh, let me just, I'm going to say how I'm feeling a little bit about all of this. So I'm, of course, still hopeful, but I got to say I'm a little bit relieved I would rather have Biden be the nomination than Bloomberg. I would rather have him than Klobuchar. Sure. Um, but eh, maybe not Klobuchar. So I guess he's kind of the lesser of two evils for me. Of course. And I, and he, I feel like Biden is a, the type of person that will follow policy that would be popular for the people of the time. Sure. Like, he would listen... To, I feel like he would be better at He wants to be liked. To the, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But different in a way that Trump wants to be liked, where Trump wants to be liked by a certain type of people. Yeah. And I feel like Biden wants to do a good job. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, I feel like he would want to do a good job and listen to people. Biden is like a golden retriever. Yeah. Like, he's he just, just kind of loyal. He wants people to tell him he's a good boy. Yeah. Right? Mean. And I'm not trying to be, like, shitty. Like, that's just... No, I, I, I believe think, that. But there's people like that in the world, and I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that. I think that, especially at this in this point, if we're going to end up with Biden, I feel better about that than I did 
last week if I had known that. Should Biden surround himself with good people? Then I feel that way. But I feel like the way Biden gets himself into trouble with things like Anita Hill, when he fucking, like, went after Anita Hill, because of that, like, need to be in the club or, like, need to be liked. Like, so if he's surrounded by people who are not good for him, then I feel like it could go the other way. But my... Right, but I don't think... I just don't... I think that especially with his Obama background, he wants to stay in the good graces, and I think that he's going to take that into consideration when discussing who's going to be his VP, who's going to... You know, who he's going to surround himself with. I don't know. I feel a bit relieved but frustrated, if that makes sense. I feel like the... Democratic Party is going to make sure that whoever is around him can carry the weight. Like, I think that that's the thing. But my concern with Biden is, and the thing that makes me frustrated about this situation is this idea of electability, Mm -hmm. which is bullshit. Like, Oh, it's sexist, it's racist. It's It's the reason why he got this nomination, um, or the reason that they're saying, I think, quite frankly, like, Bernie terrified the establishment and so they pushed any moderate that and they that's, could And that's and I've heard so many people saying, "Well, I'm not going to vote for Bernie because he like they don't He's too extreme. He's too extreme." Yeah, mm-hmm. and I was I was talking to my bosses about this where um you know, I was like Teddy Roosevelt stood for a lot of the same things that Bernie Sanders does. Like well, there there have been presidents in the past that have been like very socialist without being socialist. And regardless like what we're doing and what my fear is is that we're repeating all of the same mistakes we made in 2016. We're yeah. repeating them. Yeah. So you're choosing a moderate because you think that they're the most electable. We yeah. did the same thing with Hillary Clinton. She's yeah. the most electable. She's the most likely to beat Trump because she's a career politician. She knows how the game is played. She's, Which I see why they said that, but it obviously didn't I fucking get work. It, but it doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't work because people are ready for something different. They're ready yeah. for change. And I cannot believe that we're still having this fucking conversation about electability whenever in 2016 we elected the least electable person. Yeah. On Earth. Yeah. Like, no Trump, one thought he was going to be president. Trump is not electable. No. But he got the nomination and he won the White House because, well, I mean, partially because of our Russia, of our Russia and our voting system, but also because, quite genuinely, people will choose something different. Yeah. They want something different. Well, and that's the thing is that I feel like there's so many Americans that are, that want to go back to the good old days, that want to go back to when we were kids, Keegan. And I feel like by voting for someone like Biden, they're having this idea of almost like the second American dream again of having just like... Which I get that for... But I think it's wrong because we can't go back to where we were. Well, and we regardless, have to move forward. I think that that is the mentality of... Gen Xers yes. and baby bloomers, progressive baby bloomers, I do not think... Did I say bloomers? <laughs> I was thinking about Bloomberg. Baby you might have. Boomers. I, I kind of like bloomers. Baby boomers. It's like underwear, old school underwear, right? But the people who have had to grow up like us, millennials, Gen Zers, we've had to grow up in a completely different environment. Yeah. We don't want that, necessarily. Like, we want something different. Yeah. We want, I was just telling you... I'm not going to have health insurance. I might die of the coronavirus because I don't have health insurance yeah. because it would cost me $500 a month yeah. to get health insurance. Like, this is not... Well, yeah, and you're not even going to be going to the doctor every month. Like, right. that's such bullshit. It, it's well, insane. Okay, and then here's my other question. Do you think that Biden doing so well had anything to do with the 
investigations going into him? Do you think Russia was involved in any way? Because I feel like there could be a ploy behind there, but I don't know what it would be. There was something on the day of, and I don't really know if I believe it now, but on Tuesday, when all that was happening, I was like, is Russia involved? Because they were helping, well, Ukraine was helping. Well, they straight up said that they were going to get, they basically said they were going to be involved in they this did, election. They did, exactly. But my understanding was that the Republicans were saying that they wanted Bernie to get the nomination because they thought that Trump could beat Bernie. I see. Um, more easily. But the thing is, we don't really know because this is going to go one of two ways. Like, and not to be super pessimistic, but earlier today, I was really thinking about it and I was trying to like take it from A to Z and process the outcomes that I think could happen here. And I'm not giving up hope in any way. Whoever gets the nomination, I will be voting for them. Of course. But I... I don't think we will win. I don't think we're going to win in it November. Has been, it has been projected for over a year that Trump will win I think a he second will win. term. And I still think that he will. And the reason that I'm saying it so much, especially on this show, is because I think we need to be prepared for that. I we think need we to need prepared. to hold out hope. Mm-hmm. But I think that because I had somebody tell me that like a year and a half ago. And it was very jarring to me because I was like, why? Why would Trump win another term? And the more I've learned and the more I've read and the more I've seen of other parts of the country, I'm like, yes, he. I totally understand why I, he could win. Because even Democrats are voting incredibly moderate. Well, and I'll, Like, it makes sense that he would win again. I'll tell you why he'll win. Because they're united. Like, that's why he will win. That's true. Is because most of the Republican Party is united. Yeah, I, I didn't even know there was another Republican candidate. Yeah. He got one delegate no. and Trump got, yeah. like, 833 or something yes, like that. Yes, like, they will win because they pick an issue or a couple of issues to stand behind. Mm-hmm. One of the big ones is abortion. I've heard so many people say, well, I don't like him. I don't like Trump. But there are important issues that I know he's well, going to uphold. it's the thing about... Like, being a Republican, like, I've told this story on the show a couple of times with how, you know, my parents being Democrats was received being a child at Catholic school. You know, like, there are certain things about when you're a Republican, you're going to vote for certain people because they're going to uphold the Republican standard of, like, being anti-abortion and everything like that. Mm -hmm. So as long as those people are going to uphold the Republican standards, they're going to keep voting for them. Yeah, of course. So, and and the the Democratic Party has fucked us so hard <laughs> as far like as... Like, I'm walking funny. They fucked y- us so hard. Yeah, because <laughs> they're clinging. This is part of the problem. Like, in in trying to find a moderate to back, in going with Biden, they are clinging to a way of life that a lot of people, especially the people who are the future of this party, no longer want to cling to. Yeah. We don't want to go that direction anymore. Nope. They're and so, not, they're not like, they're not young enough. And it's not working. <laughs> yeah. And it's not working. It didn't work in 2016. It's not working. And so they're splitting the party. The party is split in half. And I will tell you what will happen if Bernie gets the most delegates. So it is possible that he could win the most delegates, but then there are a number of super delegates that are yep. given. Um, by the DNC. Fucking super delegates, man. If Bernie gets the most delegates as voted by the people, and then the DNC gives their super delegates to, to Biden, Biden to push him over the edge to become the nominee, they will split this party in half because those people who are progressives will be so pissed yeah. at the DNC coming in and, and what and they stealing see as the victory. stealing this victory. Yeah. 
um, that they will. Irre- this is my prediction that they will irreparably damage the Democratic Party. It will, I mean, it will. There will be a I've, schism there that I don't know they can if they can repair. It's been hard because I, I don't feel a strong connection to being a quote unquote Democrat anymore. No, I think me neither. That it just makes more sense for me to say that I'm a Democrat, but I don't think that it's I really beca- am. I don't think a lot of young people are. It's because we live in a two party system where you have to choose. Yeah. You know Well, and this was my question that I was thinking when you were speaking. Um how often is the DNC like replenished with new people? I don't know anything about I th- that. I don't know either, but because I think they're all old as shit. I'm sure they're all old as shit because it's making it very obvious with how they're behaving and how they're reacting to everything. So I'm wondering if, like... Because if it's the people that are older, they they don't want change. They don't want new. They want something comfortable. So I feel like that would be why. But I totally agree with you that if they... If for some reason Bernie has more delegates at the end and seems like he's going to take the victory and then they come in with these super delegates for Biden. I I Trump think it's will win. I they, think it's going to get ugly and Trump will mm-hmm. win. I mean, they can't in this whole process we've been talking about, you know, in the beginning the candidates all wanted to really stick together. We had one common goal. We were like I really hope this stays and that we have this unity. And we don't because the Democratic Party especially right now has become so split. Well, and and it should it should be to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Our goal shouldn't just. I'm, I was sitting here today, and we're gonna try and wrap up. But I was sitting here today, trying to think about other than beating Trump, what does Biden bring to the table for me? Nothing. Nothing. He doesn't bring anything to the table for me except for beating Trump. Which I get that it's important. It's super important. Like yeah. blue, no matter who, I get it. But. At the same time, you can want to beat Trump and also say, hey, we have all of these fucking cracks in our system. Yeah. And I saw something really interesting. And how are we going to fix it? I saw something interesting today because the day after the primary, um, Super Tuesday, Bloomberg dropped out of the race. Yeah. And a lot of people are predicting that it's because he realized that Biden was going to get the nomination was just like, oh, well, then fine. Because he really entered the race to beat Bernie. And so here's the thing. If a billionaire who has that much fucking money can basically treat the presidential campaign as an impulse buy at the Target checkout and spend fucking half a billion dollars because in the end he knew it would save him a couple billion dollars if Bernie were to be elected then everything Bernie is telling us about taxing billionaires is true. Yeah. They're not going to miss that money. No. And in the meantime, the rest of us, that wealth can be redistributed and we can repair our country. Like, it is so... uh, I'm so frustrated. It's so simple, yet they're missing the mark. I'm so frustrated. Yeah. Like, it's, it's upsetting to me. I don't know. I don't want to get ahead of myself. I don't want to be too pessimistic. But right now, just the adversity I'm seeing, I'm seeing like the vitriol I'm seeing against Bernie supporters, the anger I'm seeing against Biden supporters. It's so like clear to me that we are gonna lose. Like, I just don't see how we can. Yeah. (laughs) Not to end it on like a real shitty note. Well, and I have something. I know that we're like getting to the end here, but I think we have a bit to go. You're good. You're good. So I did want to mention that Elizabeth Warren has dropped out of the race. I haven't read whether or not I'm sure she'd be backing Bernie. She dropped out this morning. This morning, yeah. Um, She has not endorsed anyone yet. 
I've heard some people say she would endorse Biden, but I don't know why she would do that. I think she would do Bernie, but... I feel um, like she would, too, because to me, I also felt like part of the reason why she ended her campaign was she may have realized she was splitting that progressive vote. Yeah. So, uh... It would make the most sense, and they were friends before, so I feel like she would back Bernie over... Biden. Her policies were more closely aligned to his, yeah. so that's what I would think as well. So, there's one more thing I wanted to bring up, and it's really, really quick. So, I watched The Bachelor, as you all know. Yes. And I was watching the Women Tell All episode this week, and it was horrible. But at the very, very <laughs> end, and I didn't even see it because I turned it off because I couldn't handle it, but at the very end, the former Bachelorette, Rachel, came out and was sitting with Chris Harrison, and, like, the vibe was totally different. Like, the lights were dark, and everyone's like, okay, what's going on? And she started speaking about a lot of harassment that goes on between, like, especially on social media, between the world and, quote-unquote, Bachelor Nation, which Mm -hmm. I hate that quote, but whatever. So, and she was talking about how she read out loud a lot of the comments that actual contestants receive while they're on the show and after the show, a lot of, like, kill yourself. Mm -hmm. But a lot of them were super fucking racist. Of course. And this is the thing. So I listened to this show called The Rose Cast, and it's these two guys. They're, like, an interracial, they say interracial best friend duo, male interracial best friend duo. And they recap The Bachelor. And they're hilarious, and they're smart, and I love listening to them. And they are an interracial friend group, and so the white guy was talking about how, you know, it was so amazing to see them actually bring this up, because they had never brought this up before. And then the guy, who I believe is half black, jumped in and said... You know, yes, I'm glad that they did it because doing it is better than not doing it. But they never Mm -hmm. mentioned the word racism. Mm -hmm. They never mentioned race. They showed only black people in the audience. They showed only black contestants. Like, one of them talking about how she got hated on for her natural hair. Another one, you know, like, everybody, they were only speaking to the women of color. And it was very obvious that they were talking about racism within the show, which, duh, like, it's The Bachelor there's racism everywhere, but it was frustrating that they never said the word. Like, saying the word, like, this is what racism no, looks like. This of is course. racist. It, it, that's, that's standard for our news in America. Yeah. Like, even whenever all that shit happened with Roseanne, same yeah. network, by the way. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. Even when that shit happened with Roseanne, she was saying things that were obviously racist, or anything that happens with Trump, they will say racially charged comments. Don't say racially charged comments those are racist, racist comments. comments. You can yeah, call them racist. That's and, what it is. Yeah, and that was interesting to me. And it's 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 a fascinating thing because as I'm because I hadn't seen this clip as I was listening to their show, mm-hmm. and he was talking. The white guy was talking about this whole thing, and I was like, "Wow, that's really shocking to me that they would even bring this up on The Bachelor. This is really great." And as soon as the other guy started talking and explained why he still feels weird about it, I was kind of like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think of that. Like, it's amazing what you can be checked on. As soon as you say it, you're like, oh my gosh, yes. Like, why aren't you just saying what it is? Maybe I'm just feeling real negative because my period is about to start. And I literally want to rip off everybody's head. But also to me, like, I feel like it's pandery coming from The Bachelor because I'm like, okay, so you gave us Rachel as a black bachelorette. But where was Mike as the bachelor this year, everybody? I'm still not over where it. Where the fuck are any other, any of color, Yeah, bachelor or bachelorettes? Yeah. Like, there's never been a, a, a Latina 
No. Bachelorette. That's such a good... What the fuck is happening? Yeah. Like, there are hardly any Asian people on the show, period. And, and when there are black or Asian people on the show, I feel like... They pretty much know they're not going to make it to the end. There's usually one black girl that makes it, like, almost to the end. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's usually, like, that one Asian girl that but makes it... But the Latinas it, usually get cut they fairly get cut early. right away. Mm-hmm. A lot of the black girls get cut right away. Um, there's barely any Asian very girls stereotypical. in general. I mean, Tammy this year was Asian. We had Natasha, who was black, who I loved. There was Deandra... Keandra? I don't know. There's a lot of people this season and no screen time for any of them because Peter was such a shit show. So I don't really remember everybody's name. But, right, but they, it, it is kind keep, of an interesting, like... They'll keep having white people on who are shit shows or boring or I mean, not interesting at all. And, yeah, and but yet, at least this time The Bachelorette is a 39-year-old woman, which yeah, is crazy. Yeah, but I heard she's awful, so I'm like, I've okay. heard she... But they always become... We, people didn't like Hannah Brown. When she was the Bachelorette, that's true. You know she's gonna get, have another opportunity. We'll see. So I, I think she's thirty eight, by the way, which I don't want to like. Thirty eight, thirty nine, Keegan. Whatever. We're splitting. Hairs. Might matter to her. <laughs> We're splitting hairs right now. Um. Well, anyway. So, yeah, go watch that for yourselves. I will watch it too because I think that that is interesting. I'm willing to see what they have to say and like. Yeah, it's just like they they did a little and not enough. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then I always question the motives of why they're doing anything in the first place. Like, I'm just like, I have a hard time believing that this is just out of the kindness of your heart, (laughs) Bachelor Nation. I'm wondering if Rachel had something to do with it. That's quite possible. Because she's still, like, like, she's not in it as much. Like, she's not seen as much but she has a podcast she's got a she's got a podcast she's got a following like a lot of people really like her and i wonder if she was seeing what was happening and was like hey like i gotta do something yeah i wonder if there was something to do with her it's possible all right i gotta pee really bad so let's wrap this up Okay, great. Well, (laughs) fine. The end. I have to pee. (laughs) Well, if you have any suggestions that you would like to give us, like we received on this episode, Mm -hmm. you can do it like that listener did through our Instagram messages. You can also reach out to us through our email at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. Our Instagram is angryneighborhoodfeminist. You can also get us on Twitter. We're at EAMF podcast, Y-A-N-F podcast. You can also find us on Facebook. We have a business and a group page. Feel free to leave us a review on our business page or on Apple Podcasts. We haven't gotten any new reviews in a while. and It's been uh, since January, guys. We, we like getting new reviews. Where's the love? They're very fun for us they to read. They are fun. So, it's a nice ego boost, you know? <laughs> and, it, yeah, it, also, we get a lot of constructive stuff, which lets us know, like, we what do. to change, what to do better. So, we appreciate that. Um, anyway, I think that's everything. That's everything we got for you guys today. With all that being said, we encourage you to rage on. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing 
to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.